asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we are discussing the sports betting boom, record home equity levels, and taco subscriptions. I mean, who doesn't want to sign up for a recurring stomach ache? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> recurring bathroom issues. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> recurring trips to the toilet. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to getting to that story, plus several others this episode during our Friday flight. And Joel, you know this, this is our Friday flight, but for everybody else out there who might be listening to a Friday episode for the first time ever, this is where we look back at the the news that we came across this week, and we're going to talk about how it's going to impact your money. I'm looking forward to the stories today. Yeah, it's our interpretations of the headlines in the personal finance space, and we'll get to those in just a sec. Matt, I wanted to mention that I uh, took a little tactic in the asking for a discount uh, realm. Basically, earlier this summer, my family, we stayed at this really adorable little house in Tybee Island, Georgia. That's kind of, we like to spend a week there now during the summer. So that's kind of, that's what we're hoping to do every summer, go back for a week. Nice. And we really liked the house that we stayed at. And it felt like I got a pandemic deal somehow, <laughs> like what I, what I spent uh, for a, a full week in this three bedroom house mm-hmm. um, last year. It was 
pretty inexpensive. And so I went back to see, okay, well, what, what if I want to book it next year? And the price had risen quite a bit. Basically, it was like a 50% increase from last year's price. And I was like, dang, that's, <laughs> that, that's a lot more to the vacation. Budget. Exactly. And I'm like, um, do I need to look for other places? We'd love to stay here again, but the price just ain't right. right. And so I, what I did was I messaged the homeowner and I was like, hey, any chance you could match last year's price? What's the worst he can say? No. Right. And so I did that and he didn't respond. <laughs> so like, oh, I get, get in the cold shoulder. Messaged him again. I was like, hey, just a reminder, we loved your place <laughs> and we would love to stay there again. Any chance you'd be willing to, yeah, match last year's rate. Here's a picture of me and my adorable kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he got around to it. He did. He got back oh, to nice. me. nice. And he basically was like, he took literally $700, Holy uh, more crap. than $700 off the price oh, of awesome. our stay for this coming summer. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. That's a huge win, dude. Asking for a discount. We're big fans of it. And sometimes you score big. And man, I'll say over 700 bucks. That's a huge score. <laughs> Definitely worth asking. But how do you think he would feel if I actually reached out to him as well and be like, hey, I hear that you're offering this <laughs> discounted rate. Uh, do you think he'd say yes to me and my family? That's a good question. I don't know. He doesn't yeah. know you like he That's knows true. me. I yeah. took care of his house really well last year. And you guys went out and got drinks together. You've got you've got his <laughs> personal phone number. Y'all are best buds now. Well, I did ask you him. write to each other and everything. They have a golf cart like down in the garage area of Whoa. this house. And I did message him while we were there like, hey, any chance the key's here and we <laughs> could use it? And he's like, no, it's just for family. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the owner's golf cart. Hey, but oh, I yeah. asked and I got turned down that it, time. It never hurts i'm sure he was just like oh, man, this guy again like first asking for the golf cart next thing he's asking to uh, have access to the owner's closet and now he's asking for a discount i guess that was maybe the final straw he's like hey i can give you a discount yeah i'll give you <laughs> one of the things you mentioned exactly that's right yeah well let's move on matt let's uh, get to the friday flight get to those stories we found interesting this week and i think there are some really fascinating stories that popped up this week that we definitely wanted to cover and the the first one worth talking about is uh, writer kimberly Palmer, she tackled a subject about video games and are they actually good for kids when it comes to learning money skills? I thought that was like kind of a, a just a fascinating topic to tackle. It's one I hadn't really given much thought to before. And she talked about how her son is learning legit personal finance lessons by playing the game Roblox. I know that's a popular game. I've never mm -hmm. personally played it. My kids aren't really old enough uh, to, to play video games yet, or at least not like fancy games like that. And uh, she interviewed some experts who say that basic economic theories are actually at play in many of these more popular video games. Yeah. And, and they actually help kids grasp certain concepts, not just by reading about them in a book, but by using them firsthand. And you and I were big fans of that. We, we think that, so, you know, it's helpful to learn and read about something, but the implementation and actually uh, experiencing something firsthand is usually the way that that lesson actually sticks. And uh, one other person that she talked to was friend of the show, Laura Vanderkam. Yeah. Good buddy. And she, she was interviewed in this article, and she said that her son has learned real skills from playing the game Theme Park Tycoon. And it's funny, Matt. I mean, I remember, actually, now that I look back, playing some of those games, playing something like SimCity. Oh, yeah. Or playing even something like Madden Football, when, where you're putting together a team. And, and you, you have a limited number of resources. I exactly. mean, that's so much of gameplay. It's not just all about, you know busting your head into bricks and scoring points like <laughs> like there's an exchange oftentimes happening in these games i don't think i ever learned anything from nba jam except for 
cool sayings like <laughs> boom shakalaka he's uh, on fire <laughs> <laughs> and my two-year-old now says boom shakalaka <laughs> it's the cutest thing ever but um yeah I, I, I i'm not sure exactly how much you know financial literacy corresponds to video game play but i think one important thing to remember i think it's totally fine to let your kids play some amount of video games that you deem healthy as a parent but then maybe uh prodding them with conversation at the dinner table and, and making that correlation because sometimes maybe kids are just not even getting the fact that they are learning a lesson, but you can help them just by talking about maybe the way some of the games they're playing actually does correlate to money. I think that's a really good way maybe to bring up the topic for a lot of parents who aren't really sure how to help teach their kids about personal finance. And it's like, talk to them about something they're interested in that's already kind of pushing them in that direction. That's right. Yeah. It makes me think back to playing original Nintendo games and Zelda. I mean, a huge part of the gameplay with Zelda is scoring points or or gathering money and being able to buy certain things. Yeah. Uh, and so, any, I mean, so like I was saying earlier, anytime there's limited resources, you have to learn what it takes to earn those resources and then what you're willing to exchange those for. Um, and even outside of the actual gameplay, too, man, it makes me think of like Evie, our oldest daughter, she got interested in Minecraft. Uh, one of her friends plays it and she's like, hey, I want to play Minecraft on the iPad as well. And it's just like, uh, that's one of those games that costs money. Like, that's, <laughs> just, that's not like some internet game that you can download for free. Uh, we, I think it was only like seven bucks or you're something. Like, sorry, like you're going to have to stick to that game where you slash fruit in half. <laughs> Um, but and, but she had money because she has done chores. She has done little jobs. Uh, and and because of that, she has been able to earn money. And so she made a decision. She's like, I'm willing to pay for that. And we're like, all right, fine. And so I certainly looked into it and made sure it was a- appropriate for her. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. And I haven't actually had this conversation with her yet. I'm going to now, now that we're talking about this. But she hasn't played that game a whole lot. And mm. so I want to go back to her and just kind of talk about it and be like, hey, you know. Are you glad you made that decision? Exactly. Because these are the, the small personal finance discussions and conversations and lessons that you learn and the sooner that we're able to learn these things and and start identifying what it is that we find value in uh, that is going to be able to dictate where we spend our money and hopefully it'll allow us to to make better decisions down the road and it's always helpful to learn from a way that we spent poorly i like looking back at some of the ways in which i feel like i squandered money and then it reminds me of the future okay money is precious it's a resource and when i don't have enough money to buy something else i look and not to beat myself up but just to remember okay it's important to allocate money in the ways that I deem important. And when I am wasteful, when I don't think through my buying decisions very well, there is a certain amount of regret that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and obviously the reason this is so beneficial within the games is because the stakes are so incredibly low. It's like, okay, I wasted 30 minutes of of gameplay because I ended up you know, squandering it on this stupid roller coaster over here when instead I should have built it like this or whatever. Yeah. I've never played Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I know it's about building roller coasters. And now the crowds aren't coming to <laughs> my theme park. And- exactly. Uh, and so the stakes are incredibly low. But even, I mean, with Evie having to spend some of her real money on a game, I mean, again, still, the stakes are really low. It's not like she's made a mistake in the hundreds or even thousands of dollars. And it's just better to learn these lessons when they are under our guidance and we can help them think through it in a way that'll help them grow. Uh, And so actually on that note, man, I found it really interesting because China, they've actually banned video games for kids. Uh, The Chinese Communist Party says that kids can't play video games during the school week and they have to limit their gaming to just three hours a week overall. Uh, There are obviously you know some downsides to too much video gaming i'm not going to say that like video games are the answers to everything we need to <laughs> like all things we should participate in them with some moderation but man i sure am glad that we don't live in a country where 
kids are forced to limit their activities, their behaviors, you know, with certain things when instead uh, parents should be the ones doing that. But here's the thing. Here's what's so crazy is I feel like China could be shooting themselves in the foot <laughs> because American kids are going to be raising are, a bunch of financial idiots over there. Exactly. I mean, if kids are actually learning some of these lessons through these games that they're playing, I believe that they're going to have a leg up on their, you know, compared to their Chinese cohort uh, over there on the other side of the world. And so, like, I know as a kid myself, I learned so much by playing like educational games on the computer. My dad teaching me how to email, uh, messing around in Photoshop, all of these things that kind of shaped uh, the direction of my college schooling, you know, the degree I got. And eventually, like, that's what led me into advertising and then photography, like all of these things. I can kind of trace them back to some of these small things that in the moment seem inconsequential. Mm -hmm. um, and it's difficult, I think, sometimes to see any good coming out of a game when you're when kids are just sitting there kind of glued to their devices and screens. But I really do believe there there's more that kids are able to learn through some of this play through games than we give them credit for now. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's similar to reading a good fiction book. Sometimes good fiction can teach us more than a book that's supposedly based in reality. So true. We learn more about like the depths of humanity and what people are capable of sometimes in the best fiction than we are in any other genre of book but um let's keep moving on matt let's talk about sports betting for a second it's been like a massively growing industry since it was made legal by the supreme court a few years ago uh combine that with the nfl which is the most popular sports uh, league in america and it's also the most profitable things are going to get a little crazy. And unfortunately, yeah, pairing those two industries is likely to present a problem for tons of Americans. Stats actually show that 45.2 million Americans are planning to bet on an NFL game this year. That sounds like a lot. That's a lot of people. <laughs> I am not one of them. But uh, yeah, this is something to keep an eye on. Sports betting is legal in half the country, and a lot of people are planning to take advantage. There's just so much money in the gambling industry, too. The, the states that are making it legal, um, it's a big-time tax revenue with every bet that's being made. So these states are like, boom, we're making tens of millions of dollars that's added to our state budget because once we make this legal, what's the downside for us? And I think that's why we're seeing such a swift change. But there are so many downsides uh, for us as a society and then also for individuals who maybe uh, start gambling too much, right? Uh, the, the channels, too, that broadcast the, the games, they're raking in money by airing these gambling ads. Everybody's making money except the people that are actually doing the gambling. Yeah, and of course, don't forget the gambling sites themselves. They're going to be making uh, a heck of a lot of money. There is a ton of money just sloshing around. Uh, and you might be wondering, you might be asking yourself, where is all this money coming from? Well, let's just refer back to that 45.2 million Americans. Uh, they're going to be the ones footing the bill. 20, 30, 50 bucks at a time. Exactly. I mean, and so here's the thing. You know, we're fans of adults making adult decisions. And just because gambling is probably an awful idea, um, here's the thing. It's even actually risky in small amounts because of the potential for addiction problems. Yeah, even just like a small win can propel you toward, like that can be the worst thing ever actually for you is like a first initial small gambling win. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but and so like generally speaking, we don't think it's a great idea, but that doesn't mean that we believe it should be made illegal everywhere. We feel that the responsibility lies with us as individuals. And so do make sure that you only make bets with money that you can afford to lose. And one last little bit of advice. If you do decide that you have some money that you want to gamble, never, ever, 
put that money on the Atlanta Falcons yeah. uh, because we've all learned that uh, we're not likely going to pull through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we talked about that in our Atlanta-based episode, uh, which is 404, <laughs> just that we're kind of living in Choke City. And I think the Atlanta Fa- Falcons are the poster child of that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Falcons and players and owners. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just true. That's the reality, man. And yeah, I, uh, Matt, I'm not completely against gambling and every once in a while like every two or three years i'll play some blackjack when we're visiting my mother-in-law we talked about you and your dog racing as well before (laughs) haven't we i think that was actually that was at my uh bachelor party we did (laughs) we did go to the dog track so i've been to a dog track one time in my life but that is uh that's joel man of the world but doing it on the reg it just (laughs) it really does uh, create so much heartache for so many people so many families um and i mean we're talking light of it we are trying to inject a little bit of humor here but this is a serious issue and it's something that has a dramatic that can have a dramatic impact on individuals their finances and especially their families as well yeah for sure all right let's uh, move on Matt. let's talk about buy now pay later and it's just got a huge increase in visibility it's become a hot topic yeah lately. we talked we talked about it before on the show and it's time to talk about it again because amazon just recently announced that they're going to start taking an alternative form of payment and no it's not Litecoin, which is, uh, you know, there was the, the fake press release about Walmart supposedly going to accept the digital currency uh, Litecoin. And then it turned out that was a pump and dump scheme. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Amazon appears to be heading in the buy now, pay later direction. They're currently running tests with uh, Affirm, which is a company that accepts those payments over time. Uh, and they plan to expand that option to all of their customers in the near future. And we've we've been pretty down on these companies, Matt, the, the ones that allow you to break up payments for things that you're buying, even though they don't charge interest. And it seems like, well, why not, guys? That doesn't seem like a big deal. Why are we such prudes? Well, it's because, you know, more stories have been popping up about how buy now, pay later actually causes us to buy more than we otherwise would. Mm -hmm. If that wasn't an option at our disposal, we would just live within our means if we couldn't do the BNBLs. And yeah, uh, we've also seen that people are falling more and more behind on their payments because they are doing that. They're buying stuff that they can't actually afford, even stretched out over multiple payment periods. Yeah, I mean, and that's the reason why we are hearing more and more of these about these buy now, pay later companies is because there is so much money pouring into these companies yeah. because all these banks are seeing how profitable these companies are. I mean, seriously, if you search like buy now, pay later acquired and just like do a Google search, you'll see like three or four different banks, like just in the past week who are either in talks or, uh, (laughs) you know, another company has been acquired and PayPal's getting into the game too. Yes. I mean, and so here's the thing, just like you said, there's no interest being paid by the consumer until you fall behind on your payments. And then there's a good bit of interest being paid. Uh, and so and it can mess up your credit score. Exactly. Well, well, dude, speaking of credit, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I mean, it's blowing up is because these companies, they don't do a hard credit check. Yeah. And so at least with credit cards, you have to, I mean, there's an application and you just like, oh, no, sorry, you're denied. You have to go through a process. And a lot of these companies are not running credit checks. And so there are a lot of folks out there who are essentially borrowing money that they're not qualified to borrow. And so you've got all of these, you know, banks pouring money into these companies. Well, I think this is, I mean, I feel like we're, this is going to be a bubble, basically, yeah. <laughs> because the next bump in the road, the next financial crisis we run into, and when these individuals are unable to make those payments, these companies are going to be in a world of hurt. And this all stems back to our consumer-like tendencies, and uh, consumers do what they're best at, which is consume. <laughs> and these companies know that. I've always kind of hated that term because it just makes us, it, it pinpoints us as people that 
only are seeking to acquire and spend money not as just human beings or individuals yeah. like i know we use that term sometimes on the show but i feel like it's very simplistic um not not the best term for individuals yeah well that's how these companies are certainly that's how we're americans yeah and and so some stats a new study from uh, credit karma found that one third of people buying things this way they are actually behind on their payments and so that's one in three people who are buying something that they can't afford uh who are just hoping that they'll be able to pay over the course of a few months um and you know this buy not pay later approach just allows them to buy something that they otherwise wouldn't be able to uh and so with that a lot of folks are falling behind and so yeah this disconnect between individuals getting the items that they want and having to pay for it is something that we strongly believe will lead to even more financial issues over the long run and so the next time you're checking out and you see a buy now pay later option I mean, according to the statistics, you should probably just uh, pass on that and <laughs> yeah. just go ahead and pay for the item up front. Yeah, and you'll probably see it on Amazon pretty soon, where a lot of people do a good bit of their shopping these days. And stay away, because it could lead to worse financial issues for you down the road. Totally. We've got more stories to get to, Matt, including our taco subscription story. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that and more right after this break. probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we are back from the break. We've got several other stories to get to, including one about some sky-high equity levels in homes. We'll get to that one here in a little bit. But Joel, first, we've got our ludicrous headline of the week. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and our, uh, our story this week is Bitcoin to Bucks. Crypto fans borrow to buy homes, cars, and more crypto. <laughs> well, this, well, this one doesn't sound like it's the ludicrous headline of the week. This, yeah. is, this is good, right? Oh, this is a good thing. Um, now, this one comes from the Wall Street Journal. And, dude, I feel like we are talking about gambling actually quite a bit uh, in this episode. Uh, and I know we actually went into crypto uh, during last week's ludicrous headline. Uh, but let's be honest, man. This space is rife with insanity right now. Yeah, la- last week we threw some shade at um, KK, my friend KK. <laughs> and this week it's just... It's what her friends call her. All so many of the Bitcoin investors or or crypto investors who are borrowing against that portfolio. Yeah, and here's the thing: we're not against you holding a small percent of your assets in crypto, but just please don't borrow against your already incredibly volatile assets to fuel consumption or to leverage to buy more incredibly volatile assets like crypto. <laughs> it's one thing to take cash out of you know say your home in order to do more investing in real estate, but that's because. The value of your home doesn't drop by 17% <laughs> overnight, right. which is often what you'll see with uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's a, a completely other thing to, to borrow against an incredibly volatile investment like your uh, your small Bitcoin stash. Yeah, it, it feels like the amount of speculation that is currently happening, it just feels staggering. It's almost overwhelming. There, Every new headline that I see, it's almost impossible to be phased because we're reaching new levels of insanity every day. NerdWallet actually found that 12% of students are buying cryptocurrency with student loan money. Oh my gosh. And it's like, how, how have we not learned anything from the financial mistakes of the past? I mean, what can go wrong? <laughs> you know, it's taking out student loans and you know, getting going more and more in debt. And think about like if student loan forgiveness became a thing. It's like we're really what we're doing in part is forgiving some people's cryptocurrency purchases. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even if a, a risky bet like this works out for you, that doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. You know, taking the same ill-advised action again because it was successful the first time. Matt, that's uh, what people call resulting. And professional poker player Annie Duke, she talks about this in her book called Thinking in Bets. She basically says that the outcome isn't what makes a decision good or bad. And we know this intuitively, but when we take an action and we get a reward for it, we're like, oh, that must be the right thing to do, which is like exactly what we were talking about with gambling. It's like, if you win the first time, it fuels that desire to continue to do it because oh, you're yeah. like, this, this must be the right path to go down. 
this feels good. Exactly. <laughs> you get that dopamine hit. But borrowing against your investments, crypto or otherwise, in order to buy stuff that you don't have the cash on hand for, it's like playing with fire. And at some point, a lot of these people are going to get burned. Don't know when, don't know how, but it's going to lead to misery for many, I think, um, if they continue down this path. Yeah, it's one thing to scratch that crypto itch, but it's a completely other thing to leverage that crypto into consumption. Yeah, some of these people have like crypto chicken pox. <laughs> That's like they're itching all <laughs> over. And, yeah. Uh, all right, dude, let's talk about subscriptions. Hulu, everybody knows about Hulu. They announced a, uh, a minor price increase just this week. Uh, it's set to go into effect October 8th. Uh, here's the thing. It's only just a dollar a month. This is going to be chump change for most folks. But if you are a Hulu subscriber, here is why this is such a momentous occasion. <laughs> we want this very minor, almost insignificant increase. We want it to lead you to question whether or not you still like or whether you still need Hulu in your life to begin with. Because um, I think for a lot of folks, they, they maybe they like Hulu. We think it's great. It's a really good streaming service. Yeah. Uh, but have you yourself, have you used it recently? If so, then we are happy for you to, to gladly keep it around, keep paying um, you know, your monthly costs, pay that extra buck. But if not, cancel it, pocket yourself an extra 13 bucks if you are rolling with that ad-free version. This is just another way that these subscription services are finding their ways uh, deeper and deeper into our pockets. They've got their hands all over our money. And the other thing too, man, I feel like that we're going to see more streaming services uh, increase their prices in the coming months as well. I think it's difficult for one major streaming provider like Hulu to raise their prices and for all the other ones to not look over and be like, oh, yeah, let's do that as well. <laughs> I I'm feeling Disney Plus is going to hit $9.99 in the near future. Super easy. There's no way it does. Yeah, why not? Uh, and so we're mentioning this because we want you to be prepared to cancel uh, and even sign back up maybe when there's a compelling reason so you aren't continually paying for services that you are not getting value from. Kind of goes back to the story about paying for games with your kids. Uh, these are still lessons that we are learning as adults yeah. because we're stuck paying for something and it's just like, okay, let's take a second. Let's have that conversation like we would with our kid. Am I gaining actual value from this or is this something I should go ahead and cut from the budget? Yeah. Is this a, a good expense in my life or a bad one that I should get rid of? Speaking of subscriptions, Matt, let's uh, let's talk taco you, yeah. subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we're definitely in the golden age of the subscription economy when Taco Bell starts testing a subscription. Basically, the, at some point, eventually, the entire world is just going to be on a subscription and you can just walk around and do whatever you want. Almost gonna, like you're at an all-inclusive resort. I'm going to offer friendship subscriptions <laughs> for people who want to hang out with me. But for just $9.99 a month, you have access to text me whenever you want, Joel. I'm going to have to lower the that? price to get people to do it, I think. <laughs> Actually, there is some service, I think, where you can text celebrities. Yeah. What is it called? Subtext? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. What I think that's what it is. And I think you pay a certain amount of dollars per month or I I don't know if it's even a subscription based or it's per text to Kid Rock or whoever oh you're trying to text. But yeah, for a flat fee of somewhere between five and $10 a month, you can run by and get a Taco Bell taco every single day. Uh, but if you're there already, here's the thing, you're probably going to buy like a Gordita or a Chalupa also, <laughs> and you're going to end up spending more than you would have otherwise. Plus, who needs that much fake Mexican food in their life? <laughs> you just don't. You just don't. And you would, you would end up paying more unless you were me. I feel like this is the kind of thing that I could totally get behind and 100% milk it for all it's worth. Right. But here's the thing. We live in a Taco Bell desert right yeah. here, so it I'm wouldn't make sense. Exactly. Well, let's say you live next door to one and you just like want one for lunch every day. I don't know. Maybe it could work I, out. I would be all about it. But, if that, if but, that was but the for case. most people, no. uh, yeah, it's just you're going to get it and then you're not going to use it as much as you otherwise would. And even if you did, you're probably not going to feel very good. You might see your health decline. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, I feel like we've been negative here a lot this episode. So on a more positive note, at least for our listeners who own a home, 
We talked a bit about refinancing last week, uh, and this week uh, there are some new stats that show that Americans are sitting on record levels of home equity, uh, over $9 trillion to be exact, in quote-unquote safe home equity. And safe, by the way, means any equity that you could take out of your home and still keep that uh, 20% equity level left in the home. And of course, you know, this makes sense after the rapidly rising home prices that we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, but people, you know, they see these headlines like this and they, uh, they kind of get antsy. Uh, you know, a, a rapid home equity boost can maybe make it feel like you've got some money burning, uh, burning a hole in your pocket, even when they don't. And so we want this to be a warning for folks. Yeah, it's almost like a conundrum for, for a lot of people who see their home value rising and they're like, I only paid $200,000 for this home, but it's worth $400,000 now. Don't I have $200,000 to do some interesting stuff with? And that's a good question. I, I think um, people are now considering tapping that home equity. Should you cash it out? Should you use it? to buy more cryptocurrency or to fund lifestyle upgrades like a fancy watch or going on a sweet vacation well you know what Matt and I are going to say we're going to be we're going to be a little prudish on this one we already sl- yeah slapped around cryptocurrencies at, at early, <laughs> yeah right right after the break right but the answer is no way um, if you don't have a well thought out plan for that money if you don't have a goal that you've been working towards over the past couple of years then we would say that the best thing for you to do with that money with that equity is to let it sit there and really do nothing with it. You know, why go ahead and increase your monthly debt payments when you don't have a plan for what you're going to do? But if you do have some investing goals, like getting into real estate investing, you know, buying a, a single family or multi-family property that you're going to rent out in the neighborhood, or if you plan to or want to invest more in the stock market, even paying for some higher education, uh, then tapping into some home equity, it can make sense. It's just one of those things where you definitely have to tread with caution. And even using some of that home equity for home improvement that you've been wanting to make, that's another reasonable move. But as always, be thoughtful before you make a knee-jerk decision and don't borrow just because rates are bargain basement low. Uh, Basically, don't tap the funds just because you can. I mean, even like with a home renovation, right? There's a slippery slope between uh, doing it for the quote-unquote investment versus knowing that you're doing it just for a lifestyle upgrade. And we're all for taking steps in our lives where we are more comfortable, things that you want to pursue in your life. But we just think it's important to be honest with yourself. This is one of those areas where we want you to be careful. This is the kind of debt you want to take on in moderation uh, and make sure that you, like you said, Joel, that you are approaching it with a plan in mind. Yeah, I think it's easy to see your home rapidly increasing in value and you get like dollar signs in your eyeballs, mm-hmm. kind of like a cartoon character. And you're like, what can I do now? And usually the best thing to do is nothing. Um, it's okay to use that money to pursue other goals if you do it wisely and judiciously. Uh, but you, yeah, you, you definitely want to have a plan in place before you just like, you know, start shopping around for a cash out refi on the internet, looking for the lowest rate and pulling the trigger in no time. You know, you, you, you want to be well thought out before you actually make any moves with like a big lump sum of money like that. That's right. And one more thing, too. We are going to be in Austin, Texas uh, next Friday. So a week from the day that this episode came out. <laughs> and uh, we want to meet you. If you uh, live in Austin or the surrounding areas, we would love it if you drove into the city. I'm not sure where you live, but you let us know when you meet us in person. Or hitchhiking in the city, too. That's fine. <laughs> but we're going to meet up at Batch Craft Beer over on Manor Road. We're going to be over there at 730 p.m. Uh, Friday evening. And so if you are nearby, if you're an Austinite, 
Uh, I don't know if that's how you say it. But come by and see us. Uh, first round of beers are on us. Yeah, and Matt will have his spurs on. That's how you'll know it's us. <laughs> Joel will have his little rope tie. What's it, a boa? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll Bringing all the Texas vibes with us. They, they make you look uh, svelte, I think. so. I feel like uh, Austin is more, it's more Atlanta than it is like Dallas. Yeah, I Isn't think it? you're probably right. I mean, Austin's kind of kind of hip. Yeah, we're looking forward to being there. And yeah, we hope to, hope to see you mm-hmm. next Friday night uh, again. First beer on us so uh, have a great weekend and until next time best friends out best friends out it's brand new season two I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.